When we are first born again, we're usually on fire for the Word of God. This is the testimony I've heard from so many people who are born again, that they wanted to read the Bible. They wanted to hear things about God. I certainly did, and I think that that's normal when you are born again. Forty years down the road, after you have lived for so many years and have followed Scripture even and have the Spirit of God in you, it is possible to grow cold to things of God. We had a woman in our church group that I'm, I just feel certain she was born again. She was with us 39 years. I even thought she was a prophet and kept encouraging her to share the impressions that I felt God was giving her about various things, to share them with our group. She resisted sharing and held those things within her. So I encouraged her many, many times to share. Eventually, she railed out at me and said it was like I had been throwing rocks at her all these years. The rocks being my continual encouragement to her, with, to her to share those impressions of various things, to share those impressions with us because I felt it was God giving her a word of wisdom. She turned completely the opposite way to the point that she railed out at me and was completely cut off from the church. There was no way that I could restore her at all to us after her railing. You can start out very warm, very hot toward things of God and grow cold. As the iniquity abounds, Jesus says in Matthew 24, this is one of the real problems of the end times, because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. You may be under the doctrine of once saved, always saved, but if you look at Revelation 3 verse 5, you will see that if you fail to overcome, Jesus says, well, if he says it this way, to those who overcome, I will not blot out their names out of the book of life. You can lose your salvation. Every one of us have a battle, and it's between our flesh and the spirit. The flesh wants to go one way, and the spirit wants to go the way of God. And there will be a struggle. And you may think that through the years you can make your flesh better. You are wrong. The flesh is born in sin and it is sinful. The works of the flesh are told us in Galatians chapter 5. The works of the flesh, starting at verse 19, adultery, fornication, lasciviousness, those are works of the flesh, hatred, variance, drunkenness. You don't have to teach anyone to hate. They're born knowing how to hate. 
You don't have to teach anyone how to compete. They're born with the desire to win out over others, one way or another. For some people, it's in their apparel. They want to look better than other people, and they do everything they can to look better. Other people want to beat the other person in some kind of sporting event. We are flesh and spirit. Now, I like football, and I watch football still. God has not removed me from watching it. But I'm very aware that there's much evil going on in sporting events. For the flesh loves to outdo other people and scorn them. That's the flesh. So we have to control the flesh by the Spirit. And none of us are perfect in the sense of not having the flesh. We will always have this struggle. As long as we are on this earth, we will have the struggle between the flesh and the Spirit. And the way you overcome is by deliberately choosing to go in the way of God. I can give you a very simple illustration. I had been meditating on a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is edifying. I'm just paraphrasing it. But that which is edifying, but that which brings grace to other people. I had gone to visit my neighbors at the same time I was working on this scripture. It was the year that Mrs. Clinton was running against Mr. Trump. I'm very non-political, but that did interest me because I, I thought such things like, well, what will we call Mr. Clinton? Will he be first man? We have first lady. Will he become first man? And things like that began to interest me. And I watched some of the newscasts. So I became interested in that election. While I was at my neighbor's house, I wanted to say, and what do you think about the presidential election? Let me ask you, what will that bring? Will that bring gratitude to God? Or will that set the flesh on fire if I ask that question? Well, it'll set the flesh on fire. It will not edify the other person at all. It will be destructive. Because I had been thinking on that scripture, I knew if I said that, I would bring evil to those people. And I did not want to do that. But all the flesh was so strong in me, wanting to do it. I sat there with them, and I just kept fighting, saying, God, please don't let me say this. Finally, I just got up and went home. I did not say it to them. I didn't ask them about the election and what they thought. I left their house. God will make a way of escape for us. That's in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation taken you, but what such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted more than you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In this case, I just left, fled, went back to my house where I was by myself and couldn't speak 
evil things and got myself back under the control of the Word of God. There is a battle. Now, some people fall completely asleep and are like dead people, though they're living. There are so many times that I have been excited over a revelation from God, a scripture, and I have tried to share it with another person who calls him or herself a Christian and had that person just stare at me blankly showed no sign of life, no sign of excitement over the scripture. That's a dead person. The churches are filled with dead people today. They are either dead because they've had too much sin around them, too much sin on television, too much iniquity, or because they're sitting in churches where the word of God has been explained away and some kind of social doctrine has been taken the place of the Word of God, and Antichrist rules in that type of church. But they're dead people. God gave me a dream in 1979 about this. Destruction was everywhere. This was 1979. I know now that he was showing me that in all the churches in 79, as far back as 79, Antichrist had moved in. They had removed Scripture. And that's the way Antichrist moves in. The minute you remove scripture, parts of scripture, just one little part of scripture, if you decide you don't agree with that part of scripture, Antichrist can move in. For example, Matthew 5.32, Jesus says, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery, paraphrased. Do you believe that? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. They probably do not teach that at your church. They probably teach another doctrine. Oh, it's fine for you to marry a divorced woman. God wants you to be happy. He's forgiven her. Jesus said, Whosoever marrieth her that is divorced committeth adultery. Now, which doctrine do you believe? This is an extremely serious matter because... If we do not line ourselves up with Bible, if we line ourselves up with corrupt church doctrine and do not reject that doctrine, we become a part of the Antichrist. And your love will grow cold fast. Your love for things of God will grow cold. You may continue in good works and have a form of godliness. Denying the power thereof, Paul says, from such turn away. Paul said, there will be perilous times. In the last days, there will be perilous times, and I find it so. I find the times to be very perilous right now. I'm always battling for my salvation. I'm always battling to hold on to the Word of God and to reject the Antichrist thoughts that would be opposite to the Word of God. Homosexual lesbian. Are they just born that way? That's what many homosexuals and lesbians say. My cleaning woman once asked me, what do you think about homosexuals and lesbians? And I said, it's really not what I think, it's what God thinks and what he tells us in the Bible. 
And I quoted to her Romans chapter 1. We'll turn to that. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Now that's God's opinion of this. Unless they agree at some point along the line with the word of God, they will not be saved. But they can be saved by agreeing with the word of God. And when they are born again, they will completely turn from being homosexual or lesbian. And most likely they will encourage others to turn. They will be turned away from the evil and turned to God's presentation of what is good. Some of them will say they were just born that way. And that's what my cleaning woman asked me. She said, well, some of them on television just say they were born that way. God answered that for me one day. He said, in the beginning, they were made male and female. And that's the real answer to it. You're either male or you're female. Now, is there anyone that can't tell whether the baby is male or female? Of course we can tell. That's how we're born. And we are born with natural desires. And you turn into something unnatural. Somehow along the way, God gives you over to vile affections because you wouldn't keep the truth of God in your mind. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. It says in Romans 1.26. We who are of God hold fast to what God has said about the subject. God says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So that is what we hold fast to. We do not go along with society who tells us that is really foolish, that really it wouldn't matter. We don't go along with churches who have a doctrine, oh, God's forgiven them for everything, so it doesn't matter. No, we speak the truth. The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. We speak the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10 and 11. It is the commandment of the Lord, says Paul. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or return to her husband, be reconciled with her husband. Now we go by the spirit and not just the letter of the law. And the spirit lines up with the scripture as he teaches us. So if you commit yourself to God and really are willing to hear the truth, the spirit of God in us who are born again 
The Spirit of God in us is the Spirit of Jesus. It is the Spirit of truth. You will be shown the truth. And then you can decide for yourself what you should do based on that which God brings to your mind. For you're the one who's going to face the situation at the judgment seat of Christ. Every one of us stand, will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. We will answer for what we've done on this earth. And if you say, well, God showed me that I can remarry, well, you're going to answer at the judgment seat of Christ and we'll really find out whether or not that was God who told you that. So it's a very critical thing. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he tells us about the judgment seat of Christ. Start at verse 9. Paul says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, accepted of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, says Paul. Therefore, each of us will be judged by the word of God at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're going against the word of God and you think God has told you to, that you can go against it, you'll be judged at that point in time. And if you are actually going by the word of God, you'll be judged at that time. It is a good idea to line up your life to the word of God as presented in the New Testament Bible. And for us, as is presented by the Holy Spirit. But I don't think I've ever had the Holy Spirit show me something opposite to what I have seen in the New Testament Bible. I can't remember an instance of it. I have heard stories where women have said things who were divorced, were going to remarry, and they have had the Word of God read to them, and they've said, I don't care what the Bible says. This is what I believe. They have their own belief, though they attended a church, and even said they didn't care what the Bible said and went ahead and remarried. Well, I would not want to be in that position at the judgment seat of Christ because you're going to be judged by one thing, the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus, the Word of God, will judge you at the judgment seat of Christ and will judge me at the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, you want to cling to these scriptures and hold fast. I keep them before me day and night on my photo album, my Kindle photo album. I make screen prints of scripture. And in the mornings, I look at those screen prints and refresh my mind. In the evening, I look at those screen prints and kind of judge myself to see if I've been following those screen prints. And I certainly have not arrived. No one arrives 
We have to work at this as long as we live on this earth. As long as we have a living breath, we have to choose which way we're going to go. Whether we're going to go the way the flesh wants to go or the way the Holy Spirit shows us to go. Each of us have to make those choices. But we will be judged in the last last time at the judgment seat of Christ when we appear there. And at that time we will receive for what we have done, whether it be good or bad. There are so many fairy tale doctrines in the churches today. It's totally irrational. They teach you you can do what you want to, that you're saved by the blood of Jesus. And see, it's mixed. It's perverted doctrine. Some truth is mixed in with some error. And you get hooked so that you can follow your flesh if you want to follow your flesh. But I do not recommend that. You need to follow the Spirit of God and the truth of the Spirit of God, which in my experience has always lined up with the written Word of God, the Bible. So we have to be aware that these are extremely perilous times. We have to be aware that you can get completely cold to things of God, grow completely cold, and you'll be like the living dead. The dream I had in 1979, destruction was everywhere in the churches. I went into a room where a man was speaking to a group of people, and I sat down and began listening to this man. A second man came in and said, Stop, wait, can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. And then he disappeared. Nobody in the room seemed interested in looking to see what had already begun, but I was interested, and I looked out the window, and what I saw was terribly shocking. I saw a tall pole with a yellow civil defense-type speaker, warning speaker, sitting on top of that pole, and out of that warning speaker, the speaker that was put there to warn us was coming a poisonous gas that would kill us. And it was coming directly toward those of us sitting in that room. I looked at the man sitting next to me. He had a big smile on his face and was staring directly at the man who was speaking. I looked at the other people in the room. The man that was sitting next to me, then I realized, this man's dead. He's a corpse. He looked like he was living, but he was dead. I looked at all the other people in the room, and they were all dead. And as I sat there listening to that man who was speaking, I began to relax and fall asleep. It was killing me, too. The very thing that was put there to warn us, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers, out of their mouth was coming a type of gas which would kill us, It was something that was not scriptural. And it was killing the congregations. I read about it later in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It is the falling away, the apostasy that had to happen 
before Jesus returns. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul said the day of the Lord would not come unless there was a falling away first and the man of sin was revealed. Well, the falling away is, God said to me one time in 1982, God said to me in that passage of scripture, the falling away are not people leaving church groups. The falling away are church groups leaving the scriptures. And when they leave the scriptures, the man of sin moves in and takes over. That's an antichrist in the church. He sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. It's happened all around us. It's happening today in churches everywhere, where they depart from portions of scripture because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind that the divorced woman can't remarry. It doesn't make sense to the natural mind concerning homosexuals and lesbians. These scriptures don't make sense to the natural mind. And churches today want to be popular. They want to seem reasonable to the world. And that's impossible to be reasonable to the world if you're of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. It's only the people who are born again by the Spirit of God, who have the Spirit of God, to lead them. And that way is the opposite way from the way the world goes. So it is a lifetime struggle. Matthew chapter 24, verses 12 and 13. Jesus said concerning the end times, the love of many would wax cold because iniquity would abound. The love of many, I believe it means for the word of God, would wax cold because iniquity would abound. They allow iniquity into their lives by television, now, I watch television, but I'm sort of careful about what I watch. And when, I, when something appears on screen that's exactly opposite from what I know the way of God is, often I will quickly turn the program off or mute the sound and rethink the scriptures because the world goes in the opposite way to God. So you have to fight. For they, Jesus says, they who endure to the end, they are the ones that will be saved. Endure in the word of God to the end. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.